Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Well, hello, friends. Father Frank Pavone here, National Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to Praying for America. Welcome, MAGA patriots. Get your hats out and uh, you'll want to... uh, Put them on at different points of this broadcast because we're going to continue talking about the greatest political movement in America, in American history, the MAGA movement. I'm going to show you footage tonight that you're never going to forget. Just I'll give you that guarantee. You're never going to forget it. We'll get to that in a second. We're also going to talk about an incredibly ignorant example that Biden used to try to defend Roe v. Wade. Incredibly ignorant. And then also, we're going to talk about some other ignorant comments by Senator Elizabeth Warren, Pocahontas. What a deluded person this is. You already know that. But she's so deluded and... Well, I'm going to talk about some disgraceful comments she made and answer them pretty directly. But before I show you incredible and forgettable footage and talk about these other things, we're going to pray and read a scripture and pray. And then talk a little bit about how, you know, the current occupant of the White House is trying to escape from these horrific inflation numbers that have come out, no surprise to all of us who are trying to buy things and having a hard time doing it. Uh, But this guy is just, again, deluded is the word that often comes to my mind when we see these Democrat leaders in the way that they are. I'm not even going to say they're trying to run the country. I think they're trying to destroy the country. Uh, But they are, are really are deluded. Well, of course, they lie, too. They know a lot of things and they just say the opposite. But I think to a very real extent, uh, a lot of them are truly, truly deluded. Um, Oh, okay. So in regard to that, you know, Scripture says a lot about foolishness. And these are passages that apply very, very well to the kind of political battles we're having in our nation right now. Foolishness. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 9. You know, Scripture is always distinguishing between foolishness and wisdom, right? And wisdom... You see wisdom in the Old Testament, wisdom in the New Testament. Who is wisdom? Wisdom is Christ. The wisdom of God, the Word of God. Christ. And the Old Testament speaks about Him. Being always with God, bringing light to human beings. Let's read from Proverbs chapter 9. Wisdom has built her house. She has set up her seven columns. She has dressed her meat, mixed her wine, Yes, she has spread her table. She has sent out her maidens. She calls from the heights over the city. Let whoever is simple turn in here. To him who lacks understanding, I say, come, eat of my food and drink of the wine I have mixed. Forsake foolishness that you may live. Advance in the way of understanding. For by me your days will be multiplied and the years of your life increased. He who corrects an arrogant man earns insult, and he who reproves a wicked man incurs opprobrium. 
Reprove not an arrogant man, lest he hate you. Reprove a wise man, and he will love you. Instruct a wise man, and he becomes still wiser. Teach a just man, and he advances in learning. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Let us pray. Lord God, your word speaks to us of the fools who do not listen to instruction, who do not pay heed to the truth, for whom facts do not matter, and who, when they are corrected, get angry at those who give them the truth. Lord, our public life, our public positions high in government in the United States today are filled with fools. Our Congress, Lord God, our Senate, our House of Representatives is filled with fools. The White House, O oh God, is occupied by fools. People who do not pay heed to your words and who, when given instruction, do not heed it. They do not grow in wisdom, and therefore by their decisions, Lord God, they harm others. Lord God, they harm us, our families, our communities, our economy, our security, our borders, our values, our freedom, our children. God, deliver us from the fools who rule over us. Deliver us, O God, because you rule over all. And you are the God of wisdom. And you are the God who gives correction. And to us, Lord, who seek wisdom, who seek to feast of that banquet of meat and wine that your word describes and invites us to, Lord God, we want to grow in understanding, as your word says, the wise do when they hear instruction. We want to grow in that wisdom that we may do works, Lord, that do not destroy others, that do not harm them, but that bring life and freedom and prosperity and greatness to America. Help us, Lord God, walk the ways of wisdom and help us do all that we can to share that wisdom with others. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so friends, uh, we got... Um, there is one God, Mo. I'll see, Mo has an interesting comment here. You know, we don't need priests, uh, he says. There is one God and one mediator between God and the human um, and men, the man Jesus Christ, who gave himself as a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Mo, you will be very delighted to know that that's exactly the teaching that I teach. That is exact, That is the word of God that you are quoting, and in which I believe, and which I quote, and which I proclaim, why do we need one another? Did Jesus send apostles to preach his word, or did he, as the only mediator between God and humanity, do all the preaching himself? Read the word that you quote. See what he did. What did he say? What, what was Paul's role? Is he the uh, teacher of the Gentiles in the true faith? I saw, thought Jesus said, we just have one teacher, Mo. We do, right? So how is it that he sends out these other people? What do they have to do with it? 
are they taking the the uh, place of Jesus? Doesn't matter if they're an apostle, teacher, preacher. Paul says there's many different gifts given for service in the body of Christ. Doesn't matter which one you are. You're not Jesus. You're not Jesus. So either Jesus is the only mediator, which he is, or he brings other people into the task of proclaiming his gospel without sacrificing the oneness, the uniqueness of his mediation. Study the word. Study it more, and you'll see what I'm talking about. President Biden, oh my goodness, Brandon. Inflation is unacceptably high. Yeah, you're telling us. The report came out today, 9.1%. The annual rate of price increases surged in June. 9.1% is the highest level, brothers and sisters, since November of 1981. The highest number. Now, what does he say in typical fashion, trying to get out of the trouble that he's in? Oh, well, those are outdated numbers. Yeah, so is every economic report by the time it's released. In fact, any kind of statistical report if you look closely at statistical reports, for example, I can give you statistical reports on the numbers of abortion in the United States. This is my area of, uh, of focus in uh, my ministry. And you read carefully the report. These are the statistics as of this date. And the date is very often a couple of years ago. Why? Because it takes time for statistical reports to be assembled. Now, these economic reports that are coming out very, very much more frequently, are not that outdated. But it's the nature of statistical reports. You're not able to report on something that happened in the last five minutes. So come on, this is just an excuse. Oh, they're outdated. Oh, the prices are coming down. Yeah, you mean the difference between $4.63 and $5? Give me a break. It's outrageous. It's outrageous. Give us back President Trump. I'll take the mean tweets and the low gas prices any day, any day of the week. I didn't think the tweets were so mean anyway. We got to be strong. You got you get somebody who's fighting against evil the way President Trump does, fighting against attacks the way he had to every single day. You're going to have to be strong, otherwise you get demolished. The Republicans are putting out a clip. Did you see it? Talking about, um, uh, well, it's a video from uh, July 19th of 2021, a speech in which Biden, marking the first six months of administration, was celebrating the economy. He said, we know that as our economy has come roaring back, we've seen some price increases. Some folks, this was a, oh, this was a year ago now, some folks have raised worries that this could be a sign of persistent inflation. But that is not our view. Brandon said a year ago, our experts believe and the data shows that most of the price increases we've seen are expected to be, wait for it, friends, what's the word? Temporary. 
July 2021. If that's the meaning of temporary, I don't, I, I don't know, I'm afraid to see what long lasting is. Okay, well, listen, there's no excuse for this. And there's only one solution, and it's the voting booths. Let's get more people active in this midterm election and motivated and on fire and mad than ever before. I'm going to show you some clips you're never going to forget in just a moment. But let me bring up one other thing. You know, uh, 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 Biden. Oh, listen, you know how deluded he is, right? Not only is he deluded about the economy, but about his re-election prospects. Now, the other night we talked about how he's underwater in 48 states. You know what underwater means, right? His disapproval numbers are higher than his approval numbers. And so 48 states, lowest, uh, lowest approval numbers ever, lower than the lowest that President Trump ever had, certainly, and uh, facing tremendously low approval in no matter which way you slice it. And yet he says, oh, I've got plenty of support. Democrats want me to run. Read the polls, read the polls, he says. Your reporters are all the same. I don't know what he means about that. That poll showed that 92% of Democrats, if I ran, would vote for me. You know what the poll said? Hypothetically, if the election were today, today, and Biden were running against Donald Trump, would you vote for Biden? It's a question asked of Democrats. What do you think they're going to say? The hypothetical is a hypothetical they don't prefer. And that's the fact that Biden is ignoring. It's not a question of if I posit to you that you're running right now today in a presidential race against Donald Trump, who would you, who would you vote for? The question is, whom do the Democrats prefer beyond the ticket? And that's what he's ignoring because, well, when you start looking at that, one survey revealed 64% of Democrats would prefer a different candidate than Biden. And among young Democrats, ages 18 to 29, some 94% hope for a different nominee. Now, of course, they have no idea who that nominee might be. be yeah, pretty hard for them to find one. Uh, they don't have anybody, brothers and sisters. They know they're, they're, they're bankrupt. They're bankrupt for good candidates because their ideas are bankrupt, because their vision for America is bankrupt. That's why their values are bankrupt. They don't deserve to have a nominee, period. Uh, so, you know, again, he, he's playing games here. Turning 80 in November, he's already the oldest president in American history. And uh, New York Times chief White House correspondent Peter Baker said that uh, his age has become, quote, an uncomfortable issue for him, his team, and his party. Now, people who are in that age bracket can, can be fantastic leaders. They can be heads of companies. They can succeed in many, many ways in society and be very productive. And, you know, it's not, it's not, this is not uh, discrimination based on age. We're talking about the specific circumstance of Joe Biden. Another point, 
the other day, and I showed you this some of these clips um, earlier this week, when he was uh, issuing an executive order in regard to the reversal of Roe v. Wade, you know, he's trying now. He's trying to save Roe v. Wade. He can't save Roe v. Wade. Supreme Court has reversed it. It is gone, and uh, and it never had support among the American people to begin with. Not when people realized that Roe v. Wade allowed abortion throughout pregnancy. But what he talked about in his remarks was a rape victim, a ten-year-old girl. You know, brothers and sisters. This is an area, of course, where so many Americans say, hey, listen, I'm against killing a baby in the womb, but, you know, in cases of rape, I think it should be allowed. Many, many Americans say that. And you can understand what's going on in their mind and heart. We all have compassion for the rape victim. So we all stand together in that compassion. She has been traumatized. She has been the victim of a great injustice. We want to help her. Friends, the thing we have to consider here is agreeing that we need to help her is will an abortion help her or will it hurt her? See, that's a question many people do not even ask because they're jumping reflexively to the notion that, well, she deserves to be able to have an abortion. Well, hold on a second. Abortion is traumatic, too. And especially when you're talking about a nine or 10 year old girl, you want to give her an experience that she will know now for the rest of her life that she killed the baby inside of her. Do you know what that's like? See, see, Biden was saying, see, the other side does this all the time. And again, I, I, I have the deepest compassion and understanding for why people take these, these positions that they do on abortion. I'm sure many of you who are, who are listening will say, well, at least in the case, look, I'm not in favor of abortion on demand or, 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 or five months, six months, nine months. This is ridiculous. That's crazy. When the baby feels pain, I don't want, you know, oh, okay. We're all, we're all in agreement on this. But when it comes to rape, again, many people want to make that exception. Listen, I understand the reasons, the thinking. But I want to supplement that thinking. And I help you to understand that the reality is that abortion itself brings a trauma, brothers and sisters. We run, we at, here at Priests for Life in my ministry, we are operating the world's largest ministry for healing people and counseling people who have had abortions. And some of those people had abortions because they were, were raped and then they conceived. Now, the... the all but a but a but a couple of uh, percentage points of the abortions are done for other reasons. Okay, and they're not even health reasons. Not not only are they not rape, they're not even health reasons. Okay, so we understand that ninety eight percent of the abortions are are being done for all these other reasons. But put that aside, the abortion doesn't help the rape victim. There's a book called Victims and Victors. A colleague of mine in the in the pro-life movement, Dr. David Reardon, has done groundbreaking research in this area, tracking cases of people who were raped and then conceived, those who were victims of incest and then conceived, and comparing the experiences of those who had abortions versus those who brought the baby to birth. Those who had abortions did worse, and they often ended up in counseling more for the abortion than for the rape because it brings a trauma. You live for the rest of your life 
with the reality that you killed a child. Yeah, it's a child of the rapist, also your child. It's a child that you can love and that can love you back. And brothers and sisters, Biden goes on and on and on. Oh, what is, imagine what it's like to be that little girl. Yeah, we have compassion for her as much as you do, as much as anybody else does. But let's imagine two other things. Imagine what it's like to be that little girl suffering the trauma of an abortion. Do you know, Biden, what that's like? No, you don't. Because A, you have never experienced that. And B, you haven't worked with those like we do every day who suffer their entire life the trauma of abortion, the nightmares, the absolute devastation of their self-esteem, the devastation of their bodies, the difficulties they have with future pregnancies, the devastation of their relationships, the mental anguish. You don't know what it's like to have an abortion. You don't know what it's like to suffer the devastating impact of an abortion. No, you don't know. Imagine what it's like. Yeah, imagine what it's like. You actually don't have to imagine. You can read the testimonies of those who have had abortions at abortiontestimonies.com. Take a look in between your naps at the White House and you'll learn, maybe you'll shut your mouth when it comes to trying to justify abortions throughout all nine months of pregnancy by exploiting the experience of a 10-year-old girl. Shame on you. Shame on you for a hundred million things. A hundred million things. This is where we have to put our hats on. Shame on you, Brandon, for a hundred million things. You're putting this country through hell. What did we do to deserve you? Can anybody answer that question? Have we really been so bad? Have we really sinned so much? Do we deserve this man and his his host of, of deluded and competent colleagues in the White House? God Almighty, what did we do to deserve this? So, friends, the other person we have to try to imagine what it's like is the person I'm going to show you right now. I'm going to show you footage now that you're never going to forget. By a process of embryoscopy, and I was involved in this project many years ago, a little camera is inserted into the vaginal canal right up against the amniotic sac of a pregnant mom. You know, we've all seen ultrasound, but ultrasound is created by sound waves, okay? It's not direct video imaging. But a camera that can go in and go right up against the amniotic sac can see the developing baby in the womb in color and moving around that's what I'm going to show you now. It's a process of embryoscopy. It's not used very frequently at all. You usually see ultrasound. But there are other techniques for visualizing the unborn child. Let me show you a few clips right now. Between four and five weeks, the brain continues its rapid growth and divides into five distinct sections. 
The head comprises about one-third of the embryo's total size. Did you see that beating heart? That, that was an embryo, right? It's called an embryo uh, up until uh, it completes uh, uh, eight weeks. The develop, that beating heart, five weeks, five weeks, five weeks. That's all, five weeks of development. Heart starts beating actually at three weeks. Let's look at another clip. I got a number of these clips to show you. And reflexive movements. Such movement is necessary to promote normal neuromuscular development. A touch to the mouth area causes the embryo to reflexively withdraw its head. I wanted to pause that there, brothers and sisters. Look at that face. That hand, we're talking about six weeks and six days in the womb. Were you aware that that's what the baby looks like? These are all these are all embryos that I'm showing you, by the way. Embryos. People think about embryo. I, I don't know what image is in the minds of most people, but to see hands and the beating heart and the eyes and the head. Take a look. Let me show you a few more clips. The external ear is beginning to take shape. By six weeks, blood cell formation is underway in the liver, where lymphocytes are now present. This type of white blood cell is a key part of the developing immune system. Okay, let's show another one. The primary muscle used in breathing is largely formed by six weeks. portion of the intestine now protrudes temporarily into the umbilical cord. This normal process, called physiologic herniation, makes room for other developing organs in the abdomen. Now imagine what it's like to be a baby living in the comfort of the womb and be torn apart. You know, people like to say, oh, well, imagine what it's like for the mother who has to carry the baby. Well, she can tell us what it's like, and we have compassion for her, and we help her. But what is it like for a baby to be torn apart limb from limb? Because that's what abortion does. Sucks them down a suction tube. Sometimes the heart that you just saw is still beating inside the tube in these suction abortions. I don't want to hear Biden or anybody else saying, oh, imagine what it's like for the, for the girl. Stop exploiting the, the, the suffering of a rape victim in order to justify the killing of a baby. Stop. Imagine what it's like to be a person torn apart by abortion. I want to show you a couple of more clips uh, of this amazing footage. And as I say, I was privileged to, to be involved in this project. And uh, again, it's a process called embryoscopy. The camera's right up against the amniotic sac. Let's look at a couple of more uh, embryos uh, in, um, in these amazing videos. The four-chambered heart is largely complete. On average, the heart now beats 167 times per minute. Electrical activity of the heart, recorded at seven and a half weeks, 
reveals a wave pattern similar to the adults. Okay, next clip also. Fingers are separate. And toes are joined only at the bases. The hands can now come together, as can the feet. Knee joints are also present. And by the way, these are the babies who, when you hear about these chemical abortion methods, these are the babies that are being killed. That's just come some kind of piece of tissue. These are the babies being killed, and they're being killed by being starved. Now, by the time they get to the end of the embryonic period, the end of the uh, eight, eight, eighth week, do you know that some 4,000 different bodily parts and organs are already there at that time? The heart has beat already over 7 million times, and you have a... 90% of the kind of body parts that we have as newborns and as adults, they're already by the end of the embryonic period. It's, 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 it's just incredible in the light of this widely known science that people can insist that it's not a life, not a baby, not alive, it's tissue, it's unformed. Come on, get out of the the dark ages. Um, one more thing, brothers and sisters. Um, Senator Elizabeth Warren, what a deluded individual she is. Senator Warren, please, for the sake of America, resign your office, find some far off place in Massachusetts to go and, and just, uh, just, you can relax now. You, you've done your you've done your your part. Go relax in some far off place so that we never hear from you again. We don't want to see your face. We don't want to hear your voice. She's actually attacking the pregnancy centers that help save babies like you just saw and help their moms and dads who are afraid and don't know what to do in their uh, in their pregnancy. Instead. And, and she calls these centers, which outnumber the abortion facilities by about four to one, and she's not happy about that. But she says that they are they fool women. No, they're honest with women about the things that the abortion facility will not tell them, like what we just saw. They won't show them those videos. Here, by the way, here's how your your child looks. If somebody believes in the right to choose, why wouldn't they believe in telling the woman what she's choosing? Show her what we just saw. Hey, here's what your baby looks like right now. You still want to go ahead and eliminate that baby, right? No, it's the, the, the pregnancy center. Pregnancy centers are the ones that are showing this information. The abortion clinics are the ones that are hiding it. So who's fooling the women? The pregnancy centers are telling them what the alternatives are to abortion. The abortion mills don't do that. The abortion mills don't tell them the pain and devastation that's going to come after the abortion. We know it. Because again, we operate the world's largest ministry for healing after abortion, Rachel's Vineyard. And also the Silent No More campaign, people who tell their stories of abortion, 
You know what they keep saying? One constant refrain in all the testimonies, and you can read them at abortiontestimonies.com, is nobody told me. Nobody told me about the pain, the devastation, the lack of self-esteem, the difficulty I would have in relationships, the difficulty I would have having future children, preterm births that happen as a result in later pregnancies of, of having an abortion. On, on, and on, and on it goes. I help people who used to work in the abortion industry come out. And one of them that I helped ran six abortion facilities in the South, legal clinics, legal you know what she told me? She said, Father, I, I, I introduced myself to the clients as Dr. Davis. The woman's name was Joy Davis. And then she said, I never spent one day in medical school. Look up the book Lime 5, L-I-M-E, then the number 5. Back in the 90s, I helped to put that together, documenting how abortionists will purposely increase pain for the women who go there, will sexually abuse them, will lie to them in abortion clinics. Look at AUL.org, Americans United for Life, and the report that they put together called Unsafe, documenting thousands of violations, violations of health and safety norms across 32 states in legal abortion facilities. And then tell me, Elizabeth Warren, Who's doing good and who's doing bad? It's the abortion facilities that are harming and fooling and torturing women, not to mention babies. Of course, for you, Warren, you see the baby, see, you know, it's not even entering your mind, is she? That little girl in the womb, not even entering your mind as you advocate for women all over the country. No, no, no. The baby never enters your mind. You don't give one thought, not one syllable, not one whisper, nothing. That baby that whose heart we just saw beating and we saw moving around in the womb, to you, Elizabeth Warren, and your Democrat deluded people, the baby means nothing. Nothing. Nothing whatsoever. It's not even, my friends, it's not even a weighing and balancing. Like the Supreme Court talks about all the time, you weigh and balance the interests, you know, got the freedom of the woman on one side of the scale and the rights and the life of the baby on the other side. They don't even, the other part of the equation, they just, they just push it off, push it away, make it, make it disappear. You can't make the baby disappear. The baby's there. You got to deal with that. No. They don't want to deal with that. Just like they don't want to deal with the criminal aliens coming across the border. Oh, oh, let them come. Let these people come. It's a big voter registration drive is what it is. But they make believe that the evil, violent people among those that are coming across, they make believe they don't exist. Just like Biden and, and his people make believe that, oh, we have a strong economy. Did you see that? Those comments? I, I, you know what? We got to pray because there, there's no other brothers and sisters. <laughs> the Spirit of God has got to convict these people, like right now, of these incredible lies. Let's pray together for America. Lord God, we are just 
astonished that a man sitting in the White House can be so disconnected, deluded, deceived as Biden is about the country, about the economy, about his own prospects for re-election. Lord God, how disconnected can a person be from reality? And when does that person being in leadership start posing a danger, a real danger to the rest of us? Lord God, we pray for people like this deluded uh, Elizabeth Warren who thinks, Scripture says, Lord God, Scripture says, your word tells us, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. And yet that's what she is doing. By calling these wondrous, wonderful pregnancy centers that are helping people every day, by calling them evil, and by calling these evil places of death good. Send conversion, Lord. Send your spirit. Send your spirit upon everybody who serves in public office. Everybody in the Senate, in the House, in every other office of our land, send your spirit, enlighten hearts and minds, convict us of sin, and set us on the right path. And Lord God, we bring to you all our prayers and all our praises and all our intentions, and we sum them up in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you, friends, for joining me tonight. We'll be back uh, with you uh, again as the week goes on. Spread the word about our program, and God bless you. We're praying for all of you. Stay connected with me on social media, at Fr Frank Pavone on Right Side Broadcasting at RSB Network. And by the way, make sure you have marked on your calendar this Saturday night, another President Trump rally. He will be in Arizona, and we will be watching eagerly. We'll be bringing it to you. God bless. Talk to you soon. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.